0: Well, good morning, church. Welcome to my living room and uh, uh, my my favourite fish cushion. Um, (laughs) When they told me they were going to be streaming from home today, um, I was expecting someone with their camera, their their phone. Um, So uh, what I'm looking at right now is very different to that. (laughs) There are um, cords and leads everywhere around my house Um, and they pretty much, you know, backed up the truck and unloaded it this morning with stuff, so (laughs) we're very grateful for our live stream team uh, who uh, have been frantically uh, making this morning happen, very proud of them. And, uh, you know, uh, Pastor Rick was even making them bacon and egg sandwiches this morning for breakfast. So I think that it's, it's pretty good. Nicola bought a whole bowl of uh, chocolate Easter eggs. So we're doing well here. So I hope you're doing well at home and uh, that you're relaxed, comfortable, and ready to uh, just, you know, absorb something from the Word of God today. Um, I've got a word for you, which, uh, you know, I really believe God's given me. So. Why don't we get into it? So our theme this year, uh, of course, is Behold, All Things Are New. And we just really want to explore what the new creation really means to us and how we can live in that space and, you know, what God intended for us. Uh, And it's just such a powerful subject. Already there's been some phenomenal messages. If you haven't caught them, why don't you go back and and catch them uh, last week. Pastor Reverend Doctor Daniel, uh, my brother, gave an incredible word on faith uh, the week before. You know, Rick was speaking on love, and I guess in some ways I'm I might be rounding out the three, uh, the top three, and uh, sort of speaking in the vicinity of hope uh, today. But um, the title of my message, if you're a note taker, is Jars of Clay, and I thought what I would do is look at the thoughts that uh, the Apostle Paul was having as he was leading up to this idea of uh, us being a new creation and the old being gone and the new had come. And and so I thought I would, uh, you know, just have a look at those, those few thoughts that he had in, in the lead up to that in 2 Corinthians. So if you've got your Bibles, you can turn to 2 Corinthians because I actually want to read a bit of a lengthy passage today. Uh, so we're going to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and in fact the title of this chapter in my Bible says, Treasures in jars of clay. And uh, we're going going to have a look at that. So therefore, since through God's mercy we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. Rather, we have renounced secret and shameful ways. We do not use deception, nor do we distort the word of God. On the contrary, by setting forth the truth, plainly we commend ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For we do not preach ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, "'Let light shine out of darkness,' made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, It is written, I believed, therefore I have spoken. And with that same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak, because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you in his presence. All this is for your benefit, so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Therefore, do not lose heart. I hope you don't mind that I read the whole chapter there, but sometimes I think you know we really need the context of, of the verses that we that we read, and to hear the apostle Paul uh, just out outwork those those thoughts, um, you know, and and leading up to the, uh, chapter five where he talks about us, uh, you know, being a new creation it is really quite powerful. I love how it talks about the light. Uh, you know that, that that Jesus has been so made known to us that God has revealed that light to us, and you know I was just thinking we're coming up to Easter, and I was thinking about that powerful image of the curtain of the temple being ripped into that curtain that separated us from the most holy of places was ripped into when Christ died on the on the cross, and it is it's such a, a powerful image of how uh, anything that might have stood between us and that holy of holy that stood between us and that presence of God has been taken away because of Jesus that what's what's been veiled, what is his uh, darkness and unrevealed for uh, for the lost has been revealed to us it's it's an incredible thing it's it's unveiled for us the light of Jesus and that that's part of what has happened on the inside of us you know once, once we see We can't unsee, once we know, we can't unknow uh, this incredible treasure of Jesus Christ, this incredible truth of how our spirits have become alive, have been made new, have have been brought to life. And, you know, that, that, uh, you know, the way the Apostle Paul describes the fact that we've been, you know, essentially put to death and yet resurrected, you know, that we carry death and life, you know, that death to sin, but life, resurrected life is is just an incredible thing uh and you know one of those great mysteries to ponder probably for the rest of our lives. Um, so I just want to I just want to bring a few more thoughts around this and because I think sometimes we we find the tension between this inward renewal and this inward life, this resurrected life in stark contrast co- contrast to our flesh, which is essentially uh, a perishing, a perishing thing. These jars of clay that Paul describes today was—I I, think—that's just a perfect metaphor for for uh, for how we how we carry around this great treasure in these very flimsy jars of jars of clay, our our bodies. Um, and so Paul's showing us this tension between the natural circumstance and the spiritual reality that we have. And I love how he says we're hard pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. Uh, if uh, any of you have had a bit of a wild week with the floods, you may be feeling rather crushed and knocked down, and uh, uh, perplexed, maybe, at, at some of the some of the things that m- might wait in in front of you right now as you contend with. Uh, your home um, and the results of flood. We're certainly doing that with the church building. The staff is getting all ready for a big clean up at <laughs> church. Um, but but what he shows is while those while there is a reality that we are dealing with in the natural world, there is also a reality that we have that we carry inside of us, which sometimes flies in the in the face of those things, because that that treasure within us. Uh, is indestructible, incorruptible, it's invincible, it's powerful. And that's in direct contrast to often the very weak and vulnerable state that we find ourselves in, in living in this life. So it's a challenge to reconcile those things. And uh, and certainly not just in this last week of uh, contending with floods, but this last year of contending with pandemics and Bushfires and drought and all the things that we contend with—this uh, is life. Sure, is life in Australia? That's for sure, <laughs> a land of droughts and flooding rains. Uh, it's life here in our in our world uh, that um, that meets, uh, you know, a, a reality that meets us that is very confronting, and reminds us of our vulnerability, reminds us of our weakness, and yet all of that is so that God can show how mighty and powerful he is because what he puts on the inside of us is so indestructible. It's so untouchable, so immovable by by those circumstances that that affect these jars of clay. And he encourages us right in the middle of that and he says, you know, therefore we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. And then he says, so fix our eyes. So this is important. We will fix our eyes, not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. We've got to fix our eyes. And he goes on to say in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 5, he says, For we know that if the earthly tent that we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. Meanwhile, we groan, he says, we groan, longing to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling because when we are clothed, we will not be found naked or, if you like, not be found vulnerable. And we feel that vulnerability so much. He says, for while we're in this tent, (laughs) in this tent, we groan and are burdened because we do not wish to be unclothed, but to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling. That's coming, people, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. Don't you love that? Swallowed up by life. Now, the one who has fashioned us for this very purpose is God, who has given us the spirit as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. These words are really important for us. Really important. Um, I, I love that. I love that thought that God has actually fashioned us for eternity, which is why we never think life's long enough. It's not. It's, I definitely feel that. Life is definitely not long enough. It's taking me a lot longer to look after this earthly tent. It's taking a lot more work. Uh, a few more doctor's visits these days to look after this earthly tent, and it all just feels very unfair. <laughs> and that's because God has fashioned us for eternity. This life will never be enough, and this life was never meant to be enough because there's more coming. And the fact that, the, that God, the Father, has given us the Spirit as a guarantee of what's to come is so important, a deposit. It's almost like He's given us an early sneak peek at our inheritance by giving us the Holy Spirit. And I want you to think about that for a minute, about what that shows us, you know, that that indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit, what that shows us um about about eternity and about our life after this one, which we know is not enough, right Okay, he's our guarantee, he's our down payment, he's our he's our early inheritance. and um, and I was thinking about how when sometimes you buy a house and you put a big deposit down, the person who's selling you that house can't touch that deposit until it's all done and dusted. But you know the Holy Spirit's different. He's a deposit we meant to take out and use and spend and spend time with and enjoy the fruits of and you know you know enjoy the gifts that he gives us and to exercise them and explore them and understand them and 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 this this deposit that has been given to us is indestructible this this treasure in this jar of clay that is indestructible it's amazing you know you think sickness can't touch it It can't touch it. It can touch my earthly tent, but it cannot touch this deposit of the spirit. Fires and floods can't destroy it. Persecution can't destroy it. You know, abuse can't destroy it. Relationship breakdown can't destroy it. Uh, Bigotry can't destroy it. Racism can't destroy it. Uh, Abandonment can't destroy it. Rejection can't destroy it. All these things might give the clay jar a really good bashing, but it cannot touch the treasure within. It can't touch the treasure within. You and I have been made new. Something has been made new in us. A treasure is within us that is indestructible. And I think that that's one of the powerful keys of remembering how to live as a new creation. So there's kind of three things, because three is the magic number, three things that I thought we might just explore as to how we live in this in this new, how we How we live in this treasure, in this state of this treasure, rather than living so consciously in our jar of clay. So the first thing is just this, fix your eyes. Fix your eyes. I actually looked up the dictionary. Uh, I know what fix means, but I wanted to read it in the dictionary. And it, it means to fasten something in position so that it cannot move. You think about that when Paul uses this word, to fix your eyes, not on what is seen but on what is unseen, to fix them, to fasten them in position so that it cannot move. And I guess he's got to remind us of that because the truth is our, our focus, our attention is regularly taken to our earthly tent, our earthly reality. And he's saying, come on, move your, move your eyes back, fix them in position so they cannot move to the, to the stuff that is imperishable, rather than the circumstances without. Because, you know, when we feel blown by the wind, we can know that there is something that anchors us to perfect peace, to perfect hope, that anchors us to a saviour, to a miracle-working God. And he can change things or he can change us. Either way, he's always at work for our good. He is that powerful anchor. I was thinking about one of my favourite movies from the, uh, I think it's from the 80s maybe the 90s, Uh, Twister, I don't know whether you've seen it, but Bill and Joe, they are a complicated love story there, but we won't go into that, Uh, but they are storm chasers. And Joe, as a child, saw her father taken up by an F5 uh, hurricane, F5 uh, tornado, and uh, they never found him again. And so she's had this morbid fascination with uh, with tornadoes and trying to understand them. And so they've got a, a research team that love to chase down storms and, you know, their goal is to try and get this newfangled technology up inside the tornado so they can understand it. It's all very, very exciting, except at the end when they find themselves being um, chased by, by an F5, which is kind of the biggest uh, that you can get. That they're, they're actually being chased down by uh, one of these tornadoes and uh, they've gotten too close and they can't get away from it. It's just massive. And, uh, and so they, they run and they, they find a, a pump house, essentially a pump house on a, on a farm, and uh, they, there's these pipes that go down 30 feet underground. And they, they know that their only hope of not being taken up by this tornado is to actually strap themselves, tie themselves down, and they strap themselves to these pipes and, and just anchor themselves with it. And of course, the, the tornado comes through, it just rips the whole building of the pump house up into the sky. And uh, you see them kind of hanging there with their kind of feet up in the air, <laughs> uh, but tied to this anchor. And, and this is what it's like when we fix our eyes to. To the supernatural realm, it doesn't matter what kind of storm throws itself at us. We are deeply anchored to something that will not move, because the the Spirit of God is immovable to these these circumstances of life. And and this is what's within us as the new creation. This is what lives within us. So we've got to fix our eyes on that. And when our eyes, when our, when our uh, you know, our vision and our focus, our attention gets taken away from that. We've got to just keep reminding ourselves of that. No, no, I've got to get back to, to focusing on what is unseen because that's immovable. Everything else around me, very movable, very destructive. You know, I can feel very vulnerable, but in fact, when I am anchored to that, I, I will not be moved. So that's the that's the first thing. The second thing. The second thing is simply this: that we've got to learn to hold lightly. You know, Paul's always reminding us throughout the scriptures that we're not of this world. He calls us aliens, sojourners, foreigners. Uh, that's that's how he describes us as Christians. We're not of this world. We're of a different world. And, uh you know, as, as believers, we understand the very temporal nature of this life. Uh, and it's disturbingly short, because like I said before, we are wired for eternity and, and this life isn't enough. But I really want to encourage us to hold lightly the things of this earth because we know there's more. Hold lightly to these things. I've been very concerned about the the tone uh, that we hear coming from all corners of the earth today, Uh, you know, this sort of mass hysteria about the fact that the earth is dying, that man is destroying earth and we've got only a few short years to turn things around. I want to address that and young, young people, uh, parents of young children, I want to tell you that your kids are being scared to death by, by really a, a, um, a wrong idea of, of the earth. It's a wrong idea because earth was always meant to be a temporary thing just as our earthly tents are a temporary thing. God has always ordained a beginning and an end for this planet And and I actually want to read to you from Revelations, uh, you know, this vision of, of what that looks like. Revelations 21, it says this, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. They passed away. There was always meant to be an end to this earth. It says, and there was no longer any sea, and I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning, or crying, or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. It's always meant to pass away. So I, I think the hysteria and the panic that the earth is experiencing right now is maybe maybe picking up the, the fact that earth does have a time limit, but with a misguided notion that somehow man can control that. Because I'll tell you, we can't add a single day to the life of of this earth and we cannot add a single day to our life because it is all in God's hand and God's perfect timing. And while I'm a big fan of being a good steward of the earth, absolutely a big fan, I really want to encourage you to make sure that you're not getting caught up in the hysteria over over the earth uh, running out of time because God does have a time limit on the earth just as he has a time limit on us. So we've got to hold on to this life. Lightly. We need to hold on to it lightly because there's more to come. This isn't it. There is more to come. And I want to encourage you by all means, suck the marrow out of this life. Enjoy it to its full. Uh, but you know, your ability to experience joy and adventure and wonder and awe and love and purpose and relationship, those things are all waiting for us in eternity as well. There are a few things that we get to do in this life. That's not about the next life. Things like exercising our faith and our hope. When those things are fulfilled, we don't need them anymore. When we're there in eternity with the Lord, we don't need them anymore. Things like sharing our witness of who Jesus is and what he's done for us. Those things, those things must be done in this life. But there's so much more waiting for us in eternity. So I want to encourage you, you can't add or subtract a a day from your life or from this planet. And in fact, Genesis chapter 2 has this great encouragement. It says, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. This earth will have its fullness of days and then Jesus is going to return. I feel like it's going to be soon. And until he returns, we're going to keep doing what we've always done and there's going to be floods and there's going to be droughts and rains and fires and really great weather for the beach. Uh, (laughs) And when, when the Father gives his nod, Jesus will return and everything will change. So I want to encourage you, hold lightly the stuff of this earth. It can feel like a big deal, but hold it lightly. Fix your eyes and hold lightly and you're going to live out of the new. The last thing I want to say is, Spend the deposit. Paul says the Holy Spirit's been given to us as a deposit. I want to encourage you to spend it. You know, don't don't just uh, be like the um, you know the parable of the, of the of the steward that went and buried his talent in the ground because he was worried that you know if he tried to invest it he might do something wrong with it. It's like no, no, no. The Holy Spirit wants us to. To commune with him and connect with him, he he wants us to l- learn about the gifts that he's got for us, and he wants us to live in the fruit of, of his presence within us. This is the great treasure within. He wants us to be able to break free, uh, you know, of, of things and uh, and break free of oppression and and throw off victimhood, and uh, you know, to live powerfully and to be able to release forgiveness and to become Christ-like in every way. Listen, He wants to provide us that um, connection to the supernatural realm where we see signs and wonders, where we see miracles happen. This is the power of God revealed to us. This is the Holy Spirit. It's powerful. The advocate, the counselor, the comforter, the one who guides us into all truth, spend the deposit, I really want to encourage you today to do that and th- that's how you live in the new. You know, at the beginning of this year, I had a bit of a life-threatening event and uh, definitely a reminder of my jar of clay. But it's also a tr- truly a reminder of the treasure within. You can feel kind of let down sometimes by your jar of clay. <laughs> a bit battered and bruised and broken, and yet God chose our clay jars to store his treasure so that he would be glorified. And I want to encourage you today that no matter how broken or shattered or bruised you might feel in the natural, the Holy Spirit wants to remind you that there is something indestructible within you. It's indestructible within you. Be kind to the clay But put your confidence in the treasure. I just want to pray for you as we finish up today. Heavenly Father, I'm just so grateful for your word and how it resonates all these thousands of years later. It's so alive for us today. I want to thank you for this indestructible treasure that is within us. And so, Lord, I pray today that you'll help us fix our eyes on what is unseen so that we are immovable. Lord, I pray that you'll help us to hold lightly the things of this earth. And Father, I pray that you'll help us to really understand what it means to have the Holy Spirit residing within us, this great treasure in jars of clay. Just be with your church right now, I pray. Be with your people, I pray. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.